Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Radio, we don't hear much of Hex and Help Debt year on year because it's just ticking away in the background. If you've got a study loan, it's getting garnished from your pay every single week and it's getting paid off. And now we're all talking about it. And that's because this year in 2023, because of the inflationary pressures increasing in the last year or so, we've seen the HEX help debt indexation rate for 2023 reach 7.1%. Now that's like the highest since 1990. So what do we do? Well, number one, we listen to this podcast because what I want to do on this episode is just release a bit of a pressure valve if you are feeling overwhelmed, maybe give you some clarity about what you're going to do going forward with your Excel help debt, maybe give you a bit of insight about what you should do right now. Should you do anything before the debts increase on 1 June 2023 and it happens on 1 June every year. So you're in the right place. This is all about HEX or help debt. Now, this is going to be really comprehensive. We're going to cover a lot in the link in the show notes or the description of the show. There is our free downloadable PDF document. It's over 20 pages. It's got all the detail that I'm going to discuss today and probably more because I can't discuss all of the detail. But today, I certainly am answering a heap of questions and if you know anyone with Hex or Help Debt, forward this episode to them. This episode is a really shareable one that is going to impact so, so many Australians. So copy that link from Spotify or Apple, throw it in your group message and uh, have a chat with your friends about this stuff. All right, I'm Glenn James. You're listening to My Millennial Money. What I'm going to do first, I'm going to walk through the basics of help debt, some key terms. We're going to talk about repayment income thresholds, indexation, when to pay down your help debt. We will touch on help debt and mortgages, maybe some help debt and financial advice. We'll also answer some FAQs. And I put up on the My Millennial Money Instagram a question about HEX and help. And I reckon we got, it would be close to 100 uh, questions about this stuff. So it is a hot topic. Breaking it down of all the questions that were submitted to uh, our Instagram about Hex or Help Debt, there was basically four broad categories. The first one was around the dates, key dates and the processes, including the indexation and the um, repayment threshold. Do we pay down our help or Hex debt first or other debt first? The third one was at affecting borrowing capacity with mortgages. Or the fourth broad point was, you know, do I save for a house or do I pay down my help debt? So we'll answer a heap of questions at the end when I get into this. And I hope this isn't longer than an hour, but uh, lots of information. So let's just talk about the basics first. 
The higher education loan program, most commonly known as help debt, can essentially be seen as a tax on education. This debt is paid back by way of the pay-as-you-go or the PAYG withholding payment system when you are paid by your employer in the same way you pay tax. So just on that, remember when you've got your job and you filled out that archaic ATO form, um, it's, I think it might even be electronic now. I'm basically a boomer here. They ask, do you have hex or help debt? And then what happens is each week when you get paid, your employer will withhold your tax as you know income tax, but also a little bit more. And each quarter when your employer does their business activity statement, they will pay the government um, your tax amount and the hex or help amount that they've withhold from you. The repayment amount for your debt is based on your salary increasing as your income increases with certain thresholds determining when repayments begin and to what percentage rate. These thresholds may change over the years depending on the government of the day. Help that doesn't attract interest and therefore it would not compound daily in the same way a credit card debt or a personal loan uh, type of debt arrangement would attract interest. Rather, on the 1st of June each year, the Australian Tax Office, which is the ATO, applies an index amount. This indexation is applied to the debt and this is important for everyone, like first big lesson for everyone, this indexation is applied to debt more than 11 months old and the amount of, that's indexed and the percentage that they change each year is based on the last two years worth of consumer price index or the CPI data. This is to ensure that the indexation is fair and effectively averaged as inflation data can move quite slowly. For many people, the amount withheld each year from your salary will be more than the indexed amount. And we've got some examples that I will get into and I will touch on self-employed people later. But there's a couple of key terms that you need to know. And if you like reading as opposed to listening to the podcast, all this stuff is in the downloadable document. So the compulsory payment. This is the amount that is withheld via your salary and wages. It is collected through the year, as I've just talked about, and applied to your help debt after you complete your tax return, right? Voluntary payment. So this is when you elect to pay more towards your help debt above the amount that your employer withholds on your behalf. So jumping in there on the compulsory and the voluntary payments, regardless of whether you pay down extra from your bank account, and you can do that by a credit card, BPAY, you know, log into your MyGov and they'll let you know, Regardless whether you pay a voluntary amount in, the compulsory portion must be paid. you got to know that. The repayment income threshold, the amount that you are required to pay toward your help debt based on your income. And we'll get into the actual definition of that repayment income. Uh, we've talked about indexation. That's the amount that the debt inflates or indexes by each year. And there was a comment in the Facebook group Someone was saying, oh, I've just got my first study loan. It's, you know, I should have waited until after the June date, blah, blah, blah. The solace is that debt less than 11 months old will not be indexed. If you've got some debt that is old and some new debt, only the older debt will be indexed. So let's talk about the repayment income thresholds. And I will use some examples in concert with the inflation amount. So at the moment, at the time of recording, I'm recording this at the very start of May, 2023. If you earn below $48,361, if you earn below that, 
and that's not including super, that's just your pay, your employer will not withhold any repayments. And just on that, I, I may have forgot to mention it before. If you accidentally, you know, apply for your job and you tick that you don't have hex or help debt uh, with your employer, that's okay. Like you're not going to jail, but if they're not withholding the right amount, when you do your tax return, you'll just get a bill from the ATO. Similarly, if you've got one job and a part-time job and you claimed the tax-free threshold that you should only do from one job. So if you do that on both jobs, at the end of the year, when you do your tax return, the amounts just get reconciled. They just throw everything in. How much did you earn? You earned this much in total. How much was collected through employers? All this much. Now, if you were claiming the tax three threshold from both jobs, uh, you would not have withheld much enough tax and you would have to pay it back. And likewise, if you didn't tell your employer to withhold a hex and a help amount, again, at the end of the year, when the ATO does their reconciliation with your tax return, you'll just get a bill. If you have two jobs, the first job you would claim the tax-free threshold. The second job you wouldn't, but on both jobs, you would tell them that you've got hex or help debt. So at least both jobs are withholding an amount. Now, if your second job is earning under the threshold of 48361 they won't be withholding any. So, and I mean, it's probably unlikely that your second job will be, um, you know, paying almost 50 grand a year. Good on you if you've got a, a little part-time job that's paying that much above your other job, but you might just need to understand that if one of those employers isn't holding any hex or help debt, that will result in a bill for your help debt at the end of the financial year because if you earn $20,000 from the second job, that will just go on top of your earnings from your main job and your main job is the one that has been withholding hex and help debt, right? So 48,000 under that, there is nothing um, withheld. And then, and you'll see on page six of the downloadable document and you know you can just Google ATO uh, repayment income threshold. There's like, let me have a look here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, percentage rates from one, two, two and a half, three, three and a half, four, all the way up to 10%. And once you earn over, you know, $141,848, your employer will withhold 10% to go back onto your HEX and HELP debt. Now, it could be said that if you have a higher HEX or HELP debt, it may result in you having a higher income. So, it's not the case all the time. But let's just have a look at some practical examples here. If you had a hex and help debt of $20,000, this year it will index by $1,420, right? Now, if you earn $60,000 a year, your employer would withhold 2.5% of the next 12 months, which is $1,500. That means at the end of the 12-month period, your debt has been reduced by $80. If you have a hex or help debt of $30,000 and you were earning $60,000 a year, it would index $2,130 and the compulsory payment is again $1,500 a year. You'll see that a net wash up, there has been $630 added to your debt. So how you work this out, and I've got two other examples. If you earn um, $70,000, okay, the repayment rate is 4%. So grab your calculator hit 70,000 
times 0.04, which is 4%, equals $2,800. So if you earned $70,000 a year, your employer would withhold $2,800. So you can work that out yourself. It's really easy. And like anything with making financial decisions, we need to get data on the table. And just so you know, so all this stuff, once you know, it will either release some fear and go, oh, it's not that bad. I've got other crap to do right now. I can swing back around and clean this up in a year or two. Or crap, this has gone wild. I have got some spare money. I've met all my other goals. I'm going to pay down that debt. Another example could be you might have a debt of $40,000 and earning $75,000 a year. That's a 4.5% uh, withheld amount, which is $3,375. When that debt indexes, it will index by $2,840. So the wash up is you've paid off $535 from the debt. Most of the time, as I mentioned before, if you've got a decent income and an average-ish amount of help debt, each year it will decrease automatically. There are situations where it won't, but remember, if we talk about the indexation, I'm going to read the indexation rates from 2014 up till last year. 2014 was 2.6%. 2015 was 2.1%. 2016 was 1.5%. 2017 was 1.5%. 2018 was 1.9%. 2019 was 1.8%. 2020 was 1.8%. 2021 was 0.06%, you know, almost zero. 2022 was 3.9%. And then this year, 7.1%. So, don't stress out too much and have rage bait too much this year. If you have had hex and help debt for a handful of years, because we know that it's been so, so low, the indexation rate over the last 10 years, but it's good that it's kind of peaked up now because I've got your attention and you're really thinking about this, but I just want to take a whole heap of fear out of this. All right. And we just need to work out what your situation is and whether you should pay down more or not. There's a lot of discussions in the financial world about never pay the help debt off, just let it happen by itself. Every single situation is different. In the main, we'll, we'll talk about it, like when you should, quote unquote, pay it off, but every situation is different. And I believe it's one of these situations, as long as you've got that debt there, you need to review it every single year and just kind of reset the strategy or the tactic around paying that off. All right. So let's move on. The repayment income there. And so we talked about like, you know, having an income of $60,000 or 70,000, whatever your income is, it's not necessarily your income. Many get caught up when they complete their tax return as this part is often misunderstood. Ultimately at the end of the financial year, the ATO will reconcile your repayment income. And if your employee has withheld too much help repayment, you'll get a refund. If you have not withheld enough, you'll get a bill. Now, this is the kicker. The repayment income is your taxable income plus any total net investment loss, which includes net rental income, total reportable fringe benefit amounts, reportable super contributions, and exempt foreign employment income. Now, the two big traps 
for ending up with an extra bill at the end of the year are from salary sacrifice contributions, either to super or to salary package arrangements. Now, if you earn $100,000 a year, and on top of that, your employer puts the 10.5% into super, so $10,500, that's the superannuation guarantee contribution. That is a non-reportable super contribution. I'll say that again. Your superannuation guarantee is a non-reportable super contribution. Now, what does non-reportable mean? Remember, at the end of every financial year, you get a PAYG payment summary. It's actually now sent digitally to the ATO from your employer. Back in the day, you know, handful of years ago, you might get a PDF with a PAYG payment summary. A million years ago, everyone remembers the group certificate. And now it was sometimes, <laughs> this is old, a carbon copy and your employer would write it down and give it to you. Now, when things are reportable, that means they have to go on the payment summary. So if you are on that hundred grand a year and you've got $10,500 going into super as an SG, that's non-reportable. If you, for example, salary sacrifice $10,000 to super, you tell your boss, your employer, hey, put an extra 200 bucks a week, you know, 10 grand a year into super for me. They will tax you each week based on you earning $90,000 a year and only withhold the hex or help amount based on a $90,000 income. So that means if we go up to our trustee table, if you earn $100,000 a year ordinarily, your employer needs to withhold 7%. But if you tell them to throw 10 grand in super, your taxable income will drop to $90,000. They will only be withholding 6% of withheld amounts to pay back that debt. Now, swinging back around, because salary sacrifice is a reportable super contribution, when you get your payment summary, it says employer name, their name, employee name, your name, income, $90,000. And then it says reportable super contributions, $10,000. And then the ATO goes, aha, uh -huh, they've actually earned 100 grand. Throughout the year, they've only withheld hex or help repayment based on 90 grand you owe us 1%, aka a bill. So with salary sacrifice and help debt or reportable fringe benefit amounts, you've got two options when it comes to salary sacrifice and reportable fringe benefits and salary packaging. One, work out based on the year and your total package, what your repayment percentage would be. Work out what you would be earning when they commence the salary packaging arrangement and then ask your employer to withhold an additional amount each week. So at the end of the year, you won't get a bill. Or know in your heart of hearts that you'll need to save up this amount yourself and pay the lump sum back when your tax return is lodged. So they're your options. If you're crap at saving money and you've got a bit of salary sacrifice or reportable fringe benefits or salary packaging going on, you might get your boss or employer to withhold a little bit of extra tax so you don't get a bill at the end of the year. But this all comes back to knowing what your income is and knowing what the baseline amount that needs to be withheld throughout the year is. Or if you're good with money or 
you know, you've got an offset account and you can just, you know, you get more week on week cash flow. You just got to understand that you get a tax bill. I'll just run through another quick example of that repayment income. And it's on page eight. Make a note of that. I've got a written example of uh, someone that's got a taxable income of $80,000 and the wash up of the compulsory withheld repayment of $4,000 ordinarily. But then they salary sacrifice $15,000 to super and the employer only withholds $1,950. They've got a bill for $2,050 at the end of the financial year. So it's important to note with your tax return and whether you're an employee and you've got a second job, whether you're an employee and you've got a side hustle, you've just got to remember, even if you've got an ABN on your side hustle, right? And I trust you do because you are declaring all your income. When you do your tax return, you just got to imagine a big funnel and it kind of goes down. So at the top of the funnel, the ATO, they just put all the income that you've earned through your tax file number. And if you're a sole trader, the ABN just gets linked to that tax file number effectively. And all they do, they just throw it all in the funnel, all your income. Yep. That's your total income. Less tax. Yep. Less hex or help repayment. Yep. Equals how much you owe. It's really simple in that term. So on page nine of the document, you'll see that there is some examples of the indexation rates uh, at 1 June this year. And I will actually, after I read these couple of examples, I'll give you an example of a basic indexation case study. And then we'll talk about the key timelines and the dates that you've got to know. So if you've got a help debt at 1 June, it's $10,000, it will increase by $710. If you've got 15,000, 1,065, 20,000, $1,420, 25,000, $1,775, $30,000, $2,130. So you can really work this out easy. Remember, let's get our calculator back out. I'll do a $20,000 help debt. So you put that in your calculator on your phone, $20,000, hit times, then hit point zero seven one. So that will be zero. 71. So the three decimal places hit equals $1,420. That's how you work it out. Then you can go back and work out over the next 12 months what your withheld amount will be. And then you've got your first bit of data before you can make a, a decision because it's not for me to tell you to pay it off or not. And, you know, I just think with this stuff, once you know and have data on the table, you can make your own decision. There's nothing wrong with paying off debt ever. There is a problem with paying off debt and putting extra money onto debt. If you can't pay your rent, if you're behind in your, I don't know, electricity repayment, if you're struggling week on week, well, back to the hierarchy and the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we've got to be secure and established first and then work on, well, how do we get our income to increase over the next couple of years? All right. So a case study you'll see on page 10 of the document, Gemma has a help debt of $20,000. Her income is $84,500 excluding super. On 1 June, her debt will increase by $1,420 to $21,420. Over the next 12 months, she will have $4,647.50 withheld by her employer. So each year, help debt is decreasing due to the compulsory repayments. So in Gemma's case, if she doesn't do anything, the debt isn't increasing. Gemma is saving for her first home, so she's made a decision at the moment to focus her savings as opposed to making voluntary, which are the extra repayments 
as her compulsory repayments are more than the indexation amount, so she's still paying down her debt. Rightio, I've got to just go to a break. And just on that, like, thank you so much for listening to My Millennial Money and letting us run uh, some ads because that's how the team earn a living. Uh, there's, if you're new to the podcast, there's me on staff and there is six other full-time employees and another contractor plus all the show hosts. So if you are new, thank you so much. Don't go away. Just come back, listen to these four key dates that you need to know. And then you can stop the podcast and go and download the thing. But we're going to answer a heap of questions as well. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Rightio. So the four key dates that you need to know about each year in April, and it's not a hard date because it could change each year. Once the March quarter inflation numbers are in at the end of April, that's when the new indexation figures are released. So each year, put a thing in your phone, in your calendar for the end of April or the first day of May. Like first day of May, it's help review date. And that's in your calendar and set it to occur yearly until that debt has gone. This next date is an optional date if you are planning to make voluntary repayments, that date is the 17th of May. Now, I say that this date is what we call the safe transfer date. I don't know how many clients I had over the years when they, you know, 30th of June, they want to put money in their superannuation and they just leave it too late. There's a BPAY payment delay. There's a credit card clearing delay or something that I don't know. And what happens? They put the money in, the date ticks over and they've missed it and the whole strategy goes out the window and it costs the money. So what I say is if you want to pay extra repayments on top of the compulsory payments out of your own money, please have that worked out by the 17th of May, mid-May, because this is the important part. On the 1st of June, that's indexation date. Whatever your hex and help debt is on the 1st of June, it will be indexed and that amount will be added to the loan, carving out debt that is not older than 11 months. You know, I was talking to someone the other day 
they've just received an inheritance. They've got $40,000 worth of uh, help debt. They've, uh, in the last 18 months, bought their first home. They don't have any other consumer debt. They have an emergency fund. They have some other savings. The inheritance has come in and they're like, well, I'm going to pay off my hex and help debt. And I'm like, that sounds like a bloody good idea. Let's get it cleaned up. So all this voluntary amount needs to be in and applied to your account via MyGov before the 1st of June. Now, if you accidentally pay too much, good luck getting that back from the ATO. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> you remember, if you think you've paid $5,000 as a voluntary payment and you think you might get a refund because of the withheld amounts from your employer, it doesn't work that way. It is on top of the compulsory amount. The fourth date is from 1 July onwards. And I've just called that 1 July onwards as tax return. This is when the reconciliation happens and the adjustments are made and the amounts that your employer has withheld throughout the year just sits in the ATO, in the government coffers. And as soon as you do your tax return, they'll apply the withheld amount onto your help debt. And obviously, if you've withheld too much for whatever reason, maybe you've had a higher income for some of the year and then income dropped or you went on mat leave halfway through the year or something like that, you'll get a refund. If you have a salary sacrifice arrangement and because you haven't withheld enough because of the reportable fringe benefits and reportable super contributions, you'll get a bill. So you can work out with your accountant if there is going to be a bill, maybe not lodge your tax return until the due date the following year, maybe. Talk to your accountant about that. So there we have it, the four dates. April, end of April, 17th of May is the safe transfer date if you're planning to make voluntary repayments, 1st of June, whatever the balance is, <laughs> it's hammer time. And then once you do your tax return, that's when the withheld amounts get put onto your help debt. Now, before I get into the listener questions, there is no real have or have tos when it comes to help debt. You may wish to pay it down and get it out of your life. But I would suggest to aim to have completed the following things that I'm going to talk about before additional voluntary repayments to your help debt even though this year it's 7.1%. Because the last handful of years, if you've had your debt for a while, you've basically got a free kick. Like two years ago, 0.6%, that's like nothing. So let's just chill out for 10 seconds. So number one, your emergency fund is complete. I want you to have an emergency fund. Remember, Google, Glenn James, Sound Financial House. We've got to have a Sound Financial House in order. You have cleared all of your consumer debt. Say credit cards, your personal loans, Buy now, pay later. I'm pretty agnostic if you've got a car loan, to be honest. Um, you can make that judgment call. You're a smart person. But certainly, like when we're clearing our debt and getting out of debt, you might go the debt snowball method and pay minimum payments on all debt and pay the debt with the lowest balance, put all your energy to that. You might decide to run the help debt as part of the debt snowball. Or you might decide... I'll do all my debts in my own name first. Then I'll sort my house deposit out if that's a goal. Then I'll continue and just work on my career. Then I'll swing back around and piss that debt off. There are no have-tos. So as I just said, saving for a house deposit or if you want a rent vest and save for a property deposit, knock yourself out. Like I just want you to be informed and make your own decision. I talked about getting your career established and there was a question here from Eleanor how to pay off faster with a lower income. 
Well, remember, if you've got a lower income under that 48000 there are no compulsory repayments. I want you to focus on building your career, just building your career. That's all I think you should do because if you've got a lower income, because it costs a freaking million dollars to wake up in the morning in Australia at the moment, it's probably the last thing that's a priority. So you need to know in the back of your mind that you do have that debt and it will need to be reconciled and cleared at some stage, but I want you to work on getting your income up, getting your emergency fund behind you. Because it's all well and good to have no help debt, but if you don't have an emergency fund and something happens in your life, where are you going to get the money from? I don't know, two cents there for that type of question around the lower income. And the final catch-all thing that I would aim to do before you pay down your hexa help debt early is that you've got some other short-term financial goals that have been met. So like the friend that I was talking about before, inheritance, recently bought a home, they're 30 years old, got cash in the bank, good income, life's good financially. Sure, they would rather invest that 40 grand into the stock market, but it was just more of a housekeeping, swing around, clear it off, increases my cash flow year on year, and it's done, tick, move on with my life. Now, I will say, if you are looking to borrow for a home, your hex and help debt can impact this. There may be circumstances when you speak with a mortgage broker that they tell you it's beneficial to clear your debt prior to obtaining a mortgage. And I would say from the rooftops, do not make any voluntary repayments without speaking to a broker first if you are considering a home in the near future. And the reason why, if you've got an income of $80,000, we'll use the example, two people, $80,000. The repayment percentage for an $80,000 income is 5% or $4,000. Now, that's for both of the people. Two people earning 80 grand with a help debt, the repayment is $4,000 a year compulsory. It is not contingent on the actual balance. So one of those people could have a debt of $10,000 or $2,000 and the other person may have a $100,000 debt. So when it comes to a mortgage, it is more about the servicing of the loan as opposed to the amount of help debt. That's different in relation to a personal loan. We know personal consumer debt for every $10,000 of personal loan or credit card debt or car loan, it may impact your borrowing by up to forty, thirty dollars to $50,000 around that kind of thing, depending on the bank or lender. So the reason I say chat with your mortgage broker, if you've got $2,000 or $10,000 left of hex or help debt, and you might have $50,000 saved, you may get a better outcome just to clear the two or $10,000 minor help debt with your cash savings at the time to get a higher servicing rate. Where if you had that $100,000 help debt, well, throwing $10,000 in there isn't moving the needle on the servicing. Does that make sense? So please, if you are looking to get a mortgage, home loan, investment property loan, it's all about the borrowing power and the servicing. All right. In the downloadable document, there's actually four case studies with help debt and mortgages from Rachel Kroon from Sphere Home Loans. Uh, Sphere Home Loans and the team have helped so many of you listeners. They've run webinars for us and their details are in that document if you want to bounce a situation off them. 
And there's also a, a case study with a financial advisor, James Millard from Sufficient Funds. And I might just read this now because this is interesting, particularly because the indexation rate is 7%. Eileen is 35 years old. She's divorced. She's got $30,000 of help debt and it's older than 11 months. She's got a government salary of $125,000, has a mortgage of $560,000. The house is worth just under a million. Uh, She does have some savings in an offset account of $78,000 and she can save $3,000 per month at the moment based on her income and expenses. She's got three options. Keep all cash in the offset currently at 4.95% against the mortgage. She could invest for the long term, you know, long term around 8%, but never guaranteed. Or use that 30 grand from her savings before 1st of June to clear the help debt before the 7%. So there's a heap of considerations there, but basically her decision was to pay down the help debt. And it was similar to that example that I used earlier. Um, A whole heap of things were ticked. Now, the bonus is... Once you pay down your help debt, you need to tell your employer to stop withholding the money so you can get the extra cash flow each fortnight or week or whenever you get paid. And the second bonus is you'll get a tax refund at the end of the year. So when you do your tax return, the ATO look at the help or HEX account and they say, oh, there's no debt. So we don't have to take this money and apply it to that debt. So you'll get that money back when you do your tax return. And the overarching thing for Eileen was the debt room just was a massive relief. And now she's getting an extra $885 per month in salary. So then she's going to start doing the investing and all that. But as I said, there's a heap of case studies in there. Now let's move on to some FAQs. What if I salary sacrifice help repayments through my workplace as salary packaging? They will be considered voluntary repayments and you'll still need to pay the compulsory repayment amount. All right because it's all around that total repayment income. So when is the best time to make a voluntary payment to clear your debt? Well, you've got to remember the 1st of June each year. That's the key date. So you may want to keep that money in a savings account in your own name. You may want to keep it in an offset account. I wouldn't suggest investing it because you only invest money that you do not need for at least four to five to six to seven years. So you might just save up cash and then Again, we've set an alarm, 1st of May every year, we come up for air and we just consider what's happening. Now, what happens if I die with help debt? Your help debt does die with you. And just a sidebar, like this is why it might be worth considering not making any additional voluntary repayments and investing any additional money uh, into investments or super or onto your offset account if one, you want to, number one, but two, if you've got financial dependence or you've got a family. And the only reason I say that is if you had an extra $20,000 sitting in a bank account or $20,000 in super or $20,000 invested and you died, your beneficiaries get that $20,000. If you take that $20,000, pay it down to your help debt as a voluntary repayment and then die the next day, that $20,000 is gone. It's a small half a percenter, but I just want you to think about it. Again, you've got to just have all the details and then make your own judgment call. Then the only other thing, 
when you die and your estate is, you know, washing out, there could be a final tax return that's prorated and blah, blah, blah. So there might be a bit of a reconciliation happening for the part of the financial year that you were alive. What if I live overseas for a period of time? Well, this is an interesting one and a lot of people don't know this. You must still declare your overseas income to the ATO. So this would mean continuing to do a tax return and paying your compulsory repayments while living abroad. That's flipping wild. It sucks, but I don't make the rules. Now, is there a time where I don't have to make a compulsory repayment and it's not needed or where I can defer the compulsory repayment? Uh, Short answer is yes, uh, but you'd have to prove that it's because of serious financial hardship or other reasons like natural disasters, death, serious illness, or other difficult circumstances. And you will not need to make a compulsory repayment if you have a spouse or dependents and if due to a low family income, you are entitled to a reduction of the Medicare levy or you don't have to pay the Medicare levy. What if you have a spouse or partner? Your compulsory repayment is based on your income alone, not the income of your spouse or partner. So they don't get blended or anything like that. Now, what if you're self-employed? The first year that you're self-employed as a sole trader, you'll need to keep track of the repayment amount like you would have to put X amount in a bank account for tax. So you might have to, you know, self-employed first year out, you might set up a separate bank account, put 30% in that separate bank account every time you get paid for tax. Because remember, once you do your tax return, big funnel, doesn't matter what day it is, what month it is, all that stuff, doesn't matter what color the sky is, all money comes in. What did we earn? Okay, you've earned that much. This is the amount of tax you need to pay. This is the amount of help, debt, repayment, compulsory payment that you have to make equals we send you a bill because you're self-employed, you have to pay the tax. It's not really withheld until after the first year. Once you do your first year tax return, what happens is each quarter the ATO will send you a uh, payment, a quarterly installment notice. For example, the first year that you were working, you had $20,000 worth of tax, right? That you paid. Once you submit your tax return, the next time the quarter rolls around, they'll send you a quarterly installment notice that's basically a little bit more than that $20,000 a year. So it might be $5,500 because they're like, yep, self-employed, you'll probably earn more. So you'll have to pay quarterly, ordinarily, five grand a quarter-ish, but they would also add the hex or help onto that. Thanks for listening. A lot going on there. I think it's answered a lot of questions. So what we'll do, we'll end the episode now. If you want me to answer some more questions after the episode ends and the music plays and all that, I'll come back and just answer some direct questions as a bit of an after party. So thanks so much for listening. Remember, there's a link in the show notes and the descriptions. If you want to download that, you can download this document. It's 27 pages full of information, heaps of stuff that I've talked about today. There are no have to's when it comes to help debt. It's all about getting information for your own situation and then making a judgment call. That's all you've got to do. Please, if you thought this was valuable, it really helps us. If you could leave a a friendly, nice review, four or five stars if you're worth it. Remember, if you're going to leave a bad review, make sure your grammar is spot on. That always helps. And yeah, forward it to your friends, forward it to your group message, share it on socials. Uh, Would really appreciate getting the word out there and helping as many people as possible before the end of May. And that's why we've got this up uh, on the 8th of May is the date that this episode is going live. So we've got a bit of time. So 
Thanks so much. I'll come back as a bit of an after party and just read some questions that I've seen that haven't been answered. All right. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Radio, we're back for the after party. I'm just going over my notes here. What did I miss? I think we covered it all, but let's just have a look. There's a question here uh, from Lydia. Pros and cons of paying hex off now and later. So I honestly think it, it goes back to, I may, I may have had to put a little thing at the start of the episode, if at the federal budget this year that they decided to pause indexation and or Harvard or, you know, whatever that is, right? All of these concepts, they really still stack up regardless of what the indexation rate is. That's number one. Number two, like all financial things in your life, you've only got limited resources to deploy things at each time. I'm 100% convinced I would rather someone pay off all their debt outside in their own name and probably even their car loan before they put any extra money onto Hex or Help Debt. For me, if it's going to get paid off, it's the last debt. And then I'm probably meeting another financial goal in my life before I pay it off. So it could be for that saving for that house deposit using the first home super saver scheme. But remember, if you want to just pay it off and you got the cash or you want to set up a BPAY thing and do weekly installments as voluntary repayments, you're allowed to do that. You can do anything. It doesn't bother me. I just want you to be informed and I want you to know. So the pros and cons, paying it off now. The biggest pro is it's out of your life. The biggest pro is when you do your tax return, you'll get a refund for the financial year. And the next biggest pro is your cash flow will increase once you tell your employer to stop withholding the help amount. Now, the biggest cons are um, that money can't be used for other goals in your life. Your income will still be impacted by the withheld amount. And then obviously, if you died early, your beneficiaries 
would um, miss out on that extra money. So they're kind of the pros or cons. Opsy Trash said, Morbid One, does the debt truly die with you or does it get taken out of the estate on death? No, it does not get taken out of one's estate. You can't actually inherit debt either. Um, Other debts like if someone had a personal loan and they died, all this state... So basically how this state works is when someone dies, all assets are listed and all liabilities. Now, if someone owns a house outright that's worth $500,000 and they've got no other money but a personal loan of $50,000, the house has got to be sold to clear that debt or the beneficiaries do something and they pay that debt off so they can just inherit the house. Like, But the help debt would just die in the background. Where's the app to help work out if it's better to pay off your hex? Well, I'm not sure if there's an actual app, Jojo, but do what I did. Download the document, work out what it will index to so you'll know your total debt and then work out over the next 12 months what uh, your liability will be and then just make a judgment call. You're, I believe in you. Everyone who's listening, I believe in you. Phoebe said, if I moved overseas, should I forecast an annual amount to pay to avoid further indexation? I'm probably more worried about you just focusing on paying the compulsory repayment each year because you're probably going to need some key-ish when you move. Loz said, is the indexation applied as soon as the figure is released or only at end of financial year? No, neither. The indexation is applied on the 1st of June. Amelia, am I better off paying off hex debt or home loan or a bit of both? That's an interesting one. So the case study I talked about earlier, uh, my friend, uh, she's got a home loan. Inheritance came in. She's like, ah, stuff this, paying it off. So you can do a bit of both. You really do what you want. You just need to know that, yeah, I don't know. This is just like, do what you want. Like, honestly, everyone, once you know the information, personal finance is so personal. If you choose to pay off your hex and help debt, do it. But because I've told you all this stuff, don't whinge and moan if you're like, oh, I paid extra 10 grand this year and my compulsory repayments were eight grand. Oh, crap. I need money for my barley holiday, I'm going to see if I can get that voluntary repayment back because I've already paid it. No, like it's done. You've got, um, you got smarts, use them. Loz said, 10K left in hex, plenty in savings, invest regularly, no debt, pay it out in full or let my PAYG sort it over time. I mean, realistically, I'm just opening Facebook because $10,000, if you got a heap of savings, and you've got under 10,000 left, it might be just worth that housekeeping. And that, like, I honestly would. If I had Hex or Help, the weekly withheld amount would be shatting me to tears. But I'm not going to pay it off unless I've got all my other stuff sorted. So I put up in the Facebook group how much help debt you have right at this moment. I'm actually recording this on Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on the 6th of May. And I've only put this up a couple of hours ago, but 21% had under 10 grand. The next biggest number is around $20,000, 12% of people. So in the My Millennial Money community, a lot of people have, the majority is probably well under 30 grand of help debt. Neil Alexander said the biggest help debt in Australia is $737,000. Holy dooly, that must be a professional student. Shout out to Emily Barker, had about 20K paid it off on Thursday. 
just waiting for it to clear in my gov. And she's super excited about the pay rise. Interesting. So she paid it off on Thursday. It's now Saturday. Didn't clear on the Friday. There is a delay with systems. This is why we got to do this chat well before 1st of June. Uh, Sophie said, is it better to do a payment plan or a one-off payment to help pay it down quicker? Again, it's personal preference. If you've got a mortgage with an offset account and you're good with money, you might as well just save it in your offset account. Go back to the 1st of May each year. Make the judgment call, do I want to pay down any this year or not? Kirsten said, affecting borrowing capacity. I'll reiterate, regardless whether you have $737,000 worth of help debt, earning eighty grand a year, or $2,000 worth of HEX or help debt, earning $80,000 a year, it's the same impact on borrowing. It's not the same as a normal loan where it's the capital amount. Cara said, I have help debt of 40K and $80,000 in saving. Do I pay it off now or look at an investment property? Well, speak to your mortgage broker first. This is a good example. We don't want to... And, and I'm not saying like, all I'm saying is get data on the table. I'm not saying speak to your mortgage broker, get a mortgage, put all that money into an investment property. I'm saying speak to a mortgage broker, get them to run two scenarios with $40,000 to the investment property and the $40,000 paying your help hex debt off or $80,000 to the investment property and no money extra voluntary payments on help. And then all that does is get data on the table for you to make a decision. Dana said, I love how quick you are to address issues as they rise. So grateful for my millennial money. Thank you. Zach asked, quickest way to get rid of it. Well, if I'm being brutally honest, save up as much money as possible and pay it down as fast as possible. It's the same question as what's the quickest way to save money? Cut down on your expenses, increase your income, that gap gets bigger and that gap you put into savings. No real science, Zach. But it, you know, the good thing is, Zach, you're thinking about it. Nurse mama, cake lover. My home loan interest rate is 5.6%. Should I pay hex out using the redraw? I don't know because I don't know all the other circumstances in your life. I don't know whether you have afterpay that you can't pay off. I don't know whether you have personal loan. I don't know if you've got a kid coming and you're about to go on maternity leave. These are all the other things we've got to look at in concert and then you can make a decision. Coco, Campbell, hey, uh, I've never said hey, uh, before, but I have. What happens if you move overseas? Anything living in Japan right now, but not working? Okay. So if you are living overseas and not working, you would still report to the ATO um, because you've got to do a tax return each year if you're overseas and not even a tax resident of Australia because you've got that debt there. Um, but if you're not earning anything and you're living overseas, you wouldn't have an income. Therefore, there would be no compulsory repayment if you haven't earned over that $48,000 a year. Flick, I think, said, how will it ever be paid off given that wages aren't keeping up with the indexation? Well, in most of the cases, um, and you can crunch your own numbers, the withheld amount... And even if you look over the last 10 years, your debt would have always been going, like if you're on 60, 70, 80 grand a year, it would be decreasing. Most people, and I'll say most, their debt will be decreasing each year, even with this 7%, 7.1% inflation. Graduated in 2020, Claire said, 
$85,000 of HEX, salaries $140, bought a house in 2022 on a variable 95% LVR, what would you do? Probably just um, keep setting up your life. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. And this is the thing, I, I can't give a categorical, yeah, pay that down because I don't know all the other um, things. And that's why we did all these case studies in the downloadable document. Yeah, Jess said her withholding amount paid the balance out during the year. Do you get extra back if you paid this or is it subject to tax? Uh, no, you will get that back, but it would be subject to tax because it's earnings. Jackie said, when is it calculated? End of degree or during? Well, remember, it doesn't really matter because it's all got to do with uh, one on the indexation. It will be indexed if the debt throughout the degree is more than 11 months old and you'll start repaying it back when you're over that 48 grand a year, regardless whether you're studying full-time or part-time, as long as your tax return says over $48,000 a year, there will be a compulsory payment. All right, friends, uh, thanks for having a big deep dive on Hex and Help. I'm Glenn James. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And please share it with friends. Let's get this word out there.